Hello, I'm Howard. Welcome to the 9320 Review Podcast, the show that thinks that Sam Allardyce's long ball to the lone forward on repeat tactic could revolutionise the English game. Still, he once won a playoff final, so they'll never take that away from him. Uh, we're looking back at City's 10th league win on a bounce in what was an unnecessarily nervy end to the match, as City march on together to stay at the top of the table. Discuss the match, the title race, new contracts, transfers... All the usual stuff. Uh, delighted to be joined by two big hitters. It's Asan and Lloyd. Good morning, Asan. How are you? Morning, Howard. Um, I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. It's a bank holiday, apparently. Something to do with a coronation or a king. I don't know what that's all about. So, uh, Bank holidays don't really matter to me. So, but It's definitely not a bank holiday where I am. Well, the good thing about bank holidays is other football, so... There's lots of uh, there's championships. Last day of the championship season, some uh, Premier League football spread through the day. So I like that in a way. You can just dip into some football, so and not think about the Champions League. So <laughs> just yet, not until tomorrow anyway. So yeah, I'm okay. I bet the rain's not bouncing off the window where you are though. So no, it absolutely isn't, my friend. Fair enough. Uh, Lloyd, good morning. Morning. It's bouncing off the window down in London. I can tell you. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Got got back from Manchester yesterday. The trains actually lived up to to their functioning this weekend, which was good. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm well. Can't believe Madrid is tomorrow. That's, that seems like it's just come around so quickly. Mm. Uh, yeah, I met the American citizen Sam yesterday uh, for coffee in town. Now he's currently on his way to London as well, uh, Lloyd. But they have to change at Sheffield, so. I'm guessing they'll probably get there around Wednesday time. So. Yeah, he'll miss <laughs> anyway, the Madrid match, I think. Nice to meet them and good luck in, in reaching London today. Anyway, so yeah, it's good. To, always good to meet up with uh, fellow Blues, especially for the first time. Uh, you know, we have a traditional part of this, our podcasts, yeah? The Laugh at United section. It's normally on the Friday show, but if it's all right with you, Asam, can we incorporate one into the, <laughs> the Monday review as well? <laughs> Has there been has there been an opposition player who's given you more joy than David De Gea in the last decade? Because <laughs> honestly, that fella is good for at least a half a dozen laughs a season. They shall not pass. <laughs> 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 and yeah, and they really want him on a new contract. So, I don't, yeah, uh, uh, Lloyd, uh, I, yeah, I, I asked on the Friday show how far away United are. D- just one extra question because you know I'll always put a question into the. Laughing at United section. It's Ten Hag. I, I do rate Ten Hag, but at mm. United, you know, it's one of those clubs that's like Chelsea could swallow you up in a way. Is he getting too easy a ride from the press this season? Because they were on for the quadruple. And now, now, if you, you know, look at United fans, they really are worried about finishing in the top four. I think he is. But I think a lot of that is down to the fact that the likes of Neville kind of set the narrative about United hmm. and you know Neville just beats the drum on the, about the Glazers but you know yet you can't take yesterday in isolation and blame the Glazers I think it actually if you take a step back and look at as everyone with half a brain has done after that game if you look at their away record against the top 10 hmm. it's absolutely terrible and they've shipped a lot of goals. I know they only lost 1-0 yesterday, but they've shipped a lot of goals in a lot of those games. Obviously, you know, the games against, the games at the Etihad and Anfield, the two standouts. Um, 
But if United were to not finish in the top four from here, that would be an unreal fumbling of the bag from them. Um, and I think they need it more than Liverpool need it, personally. Um, so, look, they've still, they're, they're still, Destiny's still very much in their own hands. I think they've, they've still got a game in hand, haven't they? They've got easier games as well, yeah. And they've got, yeah, exactly. So, you know, they, they should probably still get home from here because there are just so few games that it, it requires still another um, balls up from them to even let Liverpool in. So, yeah, I, I do think he's got a bit of an easy ride, but I guess that, that that's what it's like when, you know, you've got this sale process, to be fair, which is obviously running a total shambles. I mean, I, I thought there was a be decision on that about a week ago. So, you know, that probably helps him um, in that there are, there are kind of distractions. But yeah, I do think from a footballing perspective, he's, he has he has got it a bit easy. Mm. Hey, we've got lots to discuss, so I'm obviously not... Uh, this is a short section, even if we do enjoy the laughing. Hey, Sam, we, I did ask on the Friday show, who's more dangerous finishing in the top four, United or Liverpool? And I keep flip-flopping every day here. To it's Liverpool. It definitely, is Liverpool. definitely, definitely Liverpool. It, it is Liverpool. And I think it's just more, for me, it's more about um, wh when I look at what potentially could happen next season. Um, I actually think that United are in a really weird spot where Ten Hag's, on the one hand, he's probably got six or seven of his best 11 already there and boxed. And, you know, I don't think that those are going to change next season. But I think the places where he does need to change players and bring players in I think are really complicated positions to buy for um, so for example going and buying a number nine it's just really complicated it's not an easy thing to do they need centre mid I think that's really difficult this summer because everybody's looking for a centre midfield player um, and everybody's looking for a quality one that can go straight into the first team so I, I'm not sure that it's I, I would be more worried if Liverpool finished in the top four but I don't think they will I do think that United will will eek and squeak over the line. Mm. And I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you. I'm with Lloyd. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that Ten Hag has had an easy ride because I don't think that he has failed miserably. I think they've been comfortably third or fourth for almost the entire season. Um, I think that Liverpool, even now, to catch them, will basically have to win 12 games on the bounce by the end of the season or something like that mm. and if anybody wins 10 12 games on the bounce then fair enough like that's that's a hell of an achievement so i think in the main um i look at the kind of where they find themselves this season and and it's the first season where i feel as though in a while where i feel as though there's a consistency of performance and result that is there um so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go against the grain here and, and actually defend the United manager for a minute. That 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 winning run though, I think that exactly illustrates why Liverpool getting the Champions League is more dangerous than United because they've got that in their locker. Um and that's obviously the biggest threat, as we've seen in the mm. past, to us winning titles and I think a regenerated Liverpool with Champions League and potentially a couple of good signings, they are much more likely to do a ninety point season than United. So, for that exact reason, I think we need United to finish top four. Fair enough. I agree. Right, before we talk about the match at the weekend, uh, there's been plenty of gossip about transfers, contracts and the like. So, I think we should spend a few minutes looking at that first. One of them, 
includes our star man at the weekend. Uh, so, very relevant to discuss it. I, I want to start with Ilkay Gundogan. There's reports, was it, uh, Asan, was it Jack Gorn who wrote the, the report, uh, article, that we've offered a one-year contract yes. to Ilkay Gundogan. Barcelona have offered two. I was relaxed about him leaving previously, like, say, a couple of months ago, mostly due to the service he's given us and his age. But it's increasingly becoming a no-brainer for me, I feel, that I want him to stay and we should offer him whatever he wants for him to stay. Uh, What's your feelings on the situation right now? Kind of very similar to the way that it's been all season. I really love Gundo, and I think that Mm. he's a player who I personally would move heaven and earth to keep because I think that he, both in terms of his pure footballing quality and then also as a kind of model professional and a role model for everybody else, all the younger players in the squad and how to play the Guardiola way and just in every, he ticks every single box all day long um, and his legs are nowhere near going. But at the same time, I think that it's a little bit... um, I'm not convinced that this will be a decision that he'll make based on how long the contract on offer is. I think that this may well be a conversation around a new challenge or not a new challenge because I can absolutely see a situation where the one-year contract that City offer Gundo is probably financially around similar to the two years that Barcelona offer him. just simply because Barcelona aren't in a position to bring in a 32-year-old on a two-year contract at, I don't know, whatever it will be, 300 grand a week, 250 grand a week. They're just they're not in a position to do that without selling loads of players. So well, they live in cloud cuckoo land, so maybe they, they have offered that. So yeah, maybe, but I I, I find that hard to believe. Yeah. I I think it, I think that this is more a case of. Um, everybody a little bit will, you know, spin the narrative that they want to spin. So I imagine that uh, Gondo's people in England will spin the narrative of, uh, well, you know, he'd love a two-year contract, but City have only offered a one-year one where he's got two years on the table elsewhere. But I wonder whether even if City were to put three years down on the table that he wouldn't, I think he would just turn around and go, well, actually, I just want a new challenge. Um, in which case, you can only applaud him, pat him on the back and wish him all the best. Yeah. Lloyd, your thoughts? Is is it strange to you that we'd only offer a one-year contract? What have we got to lose by off- offering a two-year contract? Well, I guess I guess with players at that stage of, the, of their career, it's more clubs t- kind of tend to draw a line, don't they, in terms of you know how big of a contract you'll offer someone and... You know, I remember Chelsea used to do it maybe only over kind of the age of 32 or whatever, you only offer one-year deals. But, I mean, I, I don't really agree with that kind of thing because I think everything, every situation is on its merits. And, yeah, so and Gundo, Gundo is very much is a unique case in that he's operating at an absurd level for a bloke of his age, 33, obviously, this summer. Um, but just look at his performance at, at the weekend. You know, did that playing in the number six role I think he broke the record for most passes in a Premier League game. Two goals, should have been a hattie. Um, you know, the, the German national team is still relying on him. Um, he obviously had time off. Uh, the most recent international breaks, his wife had their baby, um, but was still, Flick still said he's very much part of the, 
a key part of the group. So look, I mean, I think all of that says it all that um, you know he'd be well worth a two-year deal. But you know, Ace, I think Asan's absolutely right. It's it's obviously not just down to that. Um, I think if it was just down to that, City would City would offer it. And I think again, like Asan says, we'd be able to blow Barca out of the water on the money front. So I think you have to. You know, you have to assume that there's an element of he's done what was it 2016 he arrived, he'll have done his peps for seven years exactly seven years at City. And you know, guys might want to leave after that. And I think Gundo probably have two more really top years, Hmm. maybe 35, and he might want to do that somewhere else. You know, he's played in Germany, he's played in the Premier League, um, he might want to go play in the Liga and Barca for two years. And look, as much as I want him to stay. You have to, you have to accept that and understand it. So, um, I really hope there's something that we can do. I really hope that the Barca offer falls down somehow because um, I don't know something happens. They get someone else gets banned, or um, you know Tebas pulls up, pulls something out. But I think it's unlikely. I think I think you have to assume from here he probably goes, which is such a shame, particularly when you reflect on a performance like at the weekend. But what can you do? People want to move on. Yeah, I think I think also from from the city perspective, I think when you've had a player who has contributed as much as Gondo has, um, I think you you almost want them to be masters of their own destiny, uh, having been at the club for so long. And I think the other side of that is from city side. I think that when players have been around that long and they reach the age profile that Gondo reaches, I think you have to succession plan regardless of whether the player stays or not i think one of the things that maybe in the past we've done is we've just let players leave and then gone oh yeah should we figure out how to replace them now um whereas i think that this time round, i get the sense that it's almost a case of going well we're going to go out and do the business that we're going to do and then the people who stay stay and the people who leave leave yeah and i think with gundo the thing that helps is because he's out of contract in a way you almost have to go, okay, he's actually leaving, like he's gone. So we assume he's gone and we have to replace him. Whereas, you know, even with Bernardo at the moment, he's still he's still got a two year deal. So whilst we might say, and look, I'm completely hypothesizing, you know, if an offer of X comes in then we will allow you to leave, it's so much more cut and dry when someone's out of contract. Um, you know, base we, we basically assume that Gundo's gone as of the summer. So I think that makes that does make the succession hopefully a bit easier to plan, a bit more certainty. Yeah. If uh, Gundogan did want a next, you know, a new challenge at some point, though, I do think a one-year contract could work out because I think he's got enough legs in him. Obviously, not relying on his legendary speed uh, to stay another year at City and then have time for a new challenge. But yeah, as you've both said, it is essentially the ball is in his court, and it depends on what he wants from his life. So and they'll get our thanks, whatever he decides. So that's a decision we need right. to, obviously the club itself will want him to decide, as I said last week on a podcast, uh, as soon as possible, because the uncertainty doesn't help anyone in a way. So, Right, hey Sam, we move on to the next uh, topic. Ornstein, <laughs> don't we have to say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> you got to say it with a Cockney accent as well. <laughs> I I, don't get me on accents. Uh, it'll be embarrassing. It'll be part Welsh, part Portuguese, probably, if I tried one. Uh, yeah, what's he been saying about Bellingham now? So, in a so way... Obviously, 
what not that much of a surprise, <laughs> really, because I felt some reports last week got ahead of themselves, and it's kind of predictable how the media works on, in this respect. So. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.